0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, July fifteenth, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. Conservatives often find fellow travelers and libertarians, but there's no reason why that friendly, loose alliance must necessarily persist. Charles Cook, in his new book, The Conservatarian Manifesto, makes a pitch for a focused, what he calls honest conservatism that will attract more libertarians on many election days to come. Uh, forgive me for starting with an analogy here, but um, I'm a big fan of bluegrass music. And whenever bluegrass has an upswing in popularity, it seems like country musicians put bluegrass instruments into their bands for their songs. And then when that fades, the bluegrass instruments, they just go away. And I feel that way about conservatism broadly, which is there are some libertarian ideas that get plucked here and there when they're on the upswing. But there's – it doesn't seem like a principled defense.
1: I think there's some of that. I think that libertarians will always be on the outside and their desirability will always be linked to who is in power at any given point. Uh, It is true that at the moment conservatives are courting libertarians in part because we've had six years of Barack Obama Uh, and it is true that libertarians were courted by Democrats in 2006, six seven, because we'd had six, seven years of George Bush. I do think, though, that it's more than just a pendulum game at this point, because the major questions that are now facing America, and this will change, of course, but the major questions that are now facing America uh, do pit statists against non-statists. I was saying downstairs, it, it really is the marriage between liberals and libertarians or progressives and libertarians, as I'd rather call them, uh, tends to be a brief one purely because libertarians tend to be interested in those binary issues. Should gays be able to marry or not? Uh, not the aftermath. Likewise, should we decriminalize uh, marijuana or not? Not the aftermath. Whereas progressives have a whole vision after they've won. Uh, If you look at, say, the gay marriage question, I imagine there is going to be, if you'll forgive the use of the word in this context, a divorce between libertarians and progressives because libertarians are not going to want to use bayonets to enforce uh, certain views on people. They're not going to want to subsidize or push into churches. So, uh, yes, there is a degree to which the marriages between conservatives and libertarians uh, and between progressives and libertarians are a little like your country music and bluegrass analogy. Uh, But I do think going forward with a a government this big and with so many victories on the social issues front, you're going to see more common ground between conservatives and libertarians.
0: You uh, have three chapters here uh, relating to federalism, guns and drugs and for me the how a lot of conservatives failed on the drugs issue was over federalism. The idea that uh, states should be able to make their own rules with respect to uh, drugs seemed seemed like uh, was an opportunity to offer a principled defense of federalism that most conservatives didn't take.
1: Yes, and I don't think they show much principle in general on the drug question. And There are three areas I identify which uh, – really should be catnip for conservatives. If you were coming down from Mars and you listened to somebody like Ted Cruz, maybe any other conservative talk, you would conclude uh, that they were in favor of the constitution, as it's written, that they were in favor of local uh, organizations taking these decisions, that they were in favor of individual responsibility, and that they were against government programs that had been proven to be too costly and to be not efficacious in any way. And yet when it comes to the drug war, there's a blind spot. Uh, You can make a very solid constitutional case that there is no justification for a national war on drugs, leaving aside the various uh, ill consequences, the knocking in of doors, the spying, uh, the incarceration. I see no commerce clause justification whatsoever. I see no constitutional justification. Uh, If I were of, say, Ted Cruz's bent, I would be making that case over and over again. Uh, Likewise, when it comes to, say, firearms, and I'm a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, conservatives tend to say, look, uh, these are choices for the individual. Uh, Guns don't kill people, people do. Uh, You can't blame inanimate objects for bad outcomes. And yet with drugs, we see, well, they're just too dangerous to be in the hands of other people. Even if you don't agree with those, though, Even if you think I'm wrong in trying to link guns and drugs as a matter of principle, surely the movement that tried to fix welfare, surely the movement that rails, quite rightly, against Leviathan and its failures can see that a, what is it, $50 billion a year program uh, that is not working is ripe for at least reform, and yet we are dragging conservatism, kicking and stream, uh, screaming towards that that position. And I think that's not just a problem for the country, but it's a problem for conservatism because it makes conservatives look selective in their application of their rhetoric. And indeed, they are.
0: There have been a, a few Republicans who have uh, effectively taken up uh, libertarian ideas and uh, done so in such a way that I, I think has, has broadened their appeal. Rand Paul, for example, has has taken it to the street, in a sense, uh, on criminal justice issues uh, and uh, sentencing, that sort of thing, and I, th- I think has has gained an appeal, a sense of compassion that Republicans, broadly speaking, lack.
1: I think that's true. I think there are two problems as regards engaging with communities that the right in general tends to lose. Uh, the first is actually bothering to identify areas in which conservatism, libertarianism, or the Republican Party uh, agrees with those people who don't vote for it. Uh, One is school choice, another is abortion, perhaps not from the libertarian side, but certainly within the Republican mainstream. uh, And a third is, uh, at least as far as those figures such as Rand Paul and Mark Levin, uh, criminal justice reform, Uh, and the drug war. Uh, We don't tend to bother to identify those questions. And even if we do, we don't then bother to go and talk to anyone about it. I remember 2012, Mitt Romney told uh, Paul Ryan not to go and essentially preach his gospel of free markets and individual liberty in cities. He thought it would be a waste of time. Well, I think that was criminal. Uh, And if he couldn't spare uh, Paul Ryan, he should have invited somebody else to do so. So when I see somebody like Rand Paul going to Howard University and in general trying to make uh, an issue of, say, the consequences of the drug war, I am pleased, but I will issue a word of warning. There is no virtue in doing this unless we believe it. And so the intellectual argument has to be won on the right more broadly first. Otherwise, not only will uh, the evangelicals become... And I mean evangelicals for the cause I'm proposing. Uh, Evangelicals uh, be seen as imposters, uh, but there will be a backlash that will help nobody. So when I make my case in the book that the drug war has been a disaster and conservatives should acknowledge this perhaps more than anybody, uh, I'm trying to win that argument first. I don't think we should split off into various groups.
0: So winning the argument among the intellectual elite of conservatism to say this is something that we need to seriously deal with well, and yeah. let it trickle down to yes. the grassroots of the Republican
1: Party? Absolutely. Uh, it, it's not as if we don't already have the intellectual framework to recognize that the drug war doesn't work. We're supposed to be in favor of individual liberty. We're supposed to be against government waste. We're supposed to be in favor of federalism and for constitutional originalism. And yet uh, we still take at least in the rank and file, the position that Ronald Reagan did in the 1980s, which I think was deeply misguided, but at least forgivable because it was at the point that the drug war was ramping up, not when it had been proven to be a disaster. Conservatives also are
0: supposed to believe that uh, bureaucratic incentives often produce far greater costs within uh, government agencies, but uh, there seems to be a similar blind spot there when it comes to the Pentagon.
1: Absolutely, and this is a, a case I make not from the perspective Uh, of a non-interventionist. I am somewhat of a moderate on foreign policy, I think. I want the United States to be the most powerful nation in the world. I believe that it is imperative that it remains so, not out of any uh, quest for glory, but because my reading of history is that since the Battle of Waterloo in 1815, the world order, the liberal order, internationally has been underpinned by what I would call a good country, Uh, First, Britain in its post-slavery imperial form, and then the United States. I think world history would look very different had, say, the French emerged from Waterloo victorious, uh, had the uh, Prussians and then the Germans won in the 20th century, had the Soviet Union become preeminent. I think it would be a different world if China were in that role. It's not to say, of course, we needed to have invaded uh, Iraq, but it is to say that we should be in a position of strength. So I'm coming uh, at this as somebody who wants to see solid defense spending and American hegemony, if we have to use that word. What I do not accept uh, is that we therefore have to turn a blind eye uh, to waste and incompetence. Uh, The progressive worldview seems to hold that if the war on poverty, for example, is having salutary effects, that the way it is achieved, the waste that it yields are somehow forgivable conservatives don't believe that until it comes to defense. And then they indulge all sorts of arguments that they would otherwise reject. For example, uh, they say, well, what will happen to employment in military heavy areas? Uh, What will happen uh, in the coast of Florida or in the state of Texas or in uh, those Western states that house air bases if we cut back Well, we should be advocating uh, a strong United States military because we believe the United States needs a strong military. We should not be arguing for it because we want uh, some sort of employment program. Uh, We should not be arguing for it because it creates safe seats. And when we look at the amount of waste uh, that is clearly being generated by the Pentagon, if we wish to retain our moral authority in every other area, we should be ass-loud in denouncing it.
0: Clark Neely, in uh, his book terms of engagement. He's a lawyer at the Institute for Justice, argues that fake judging is a big problem, uh, which is not to say uh, it necessarily is or is not judicial activism, which is a, a sort of a problem that conservatives uh, talk about all the time. But uh, he's his problem, Clark Neely's problem, is that judges are unwilling to engage with the text of the constitution and decide these constitutional questions in a in a serious matter whether it be in deference to the executive or the legislative branches and that that's that's somewhere that that libertarians and conservatives broadly disagree
1: i think we disagree at the final hurdle which is well conservatives and libertarians both believe that the Constitution has a fixed text and that it should be interpreted according to uh, what it means. We tend to disagree as to what it means. Now there is an ongoing fight a little bit before that in terms of what would be best uh, for judges to uh, do when deciding whether or not to intervene. Uh, That is uh, an ongoing fight I see, certainly Randy Barnett, uh, is uh, involved against some of my colleagues at National Review. Um, ultimately, though, this, I do think this comes down to, to what the Constitution says. I don't think you see, for example, much living constitutionalism on the right from either libertarians or conservatives. Uh, you see really a fight over uh, what the text means uh, and over what judges should do uh, per se – in other words, even if a conservative and a libertarian agree, uh, a good example of this is Justice Scalia on the Ninth Amendment. Even if they agree as to what the, the words mean, they disagree as to what uh, a judge should do about that. Um, I, I'm not going to pretend that's not a big problem. Uh, It is possibly an intractable one, but there is far more in common, I think, between libertarians and conservatives than between those two and progressives.
0: But don't you think libertarians more generally, specifically on the Ninth Amendment, are willing to uh, accept the idea that the Ninth Amendment exists in part to to have those arguments than conservatives do not?
1: Sure, sure. Although we do disagree strongly, I think, with uh, progressives as to how that should be, as to how one goes forward from that position. Uh, you know, It wasn't the Ninth Amendment case, but I've seen a lot of libertarian criticism, for example, of the gay marriage decision, because it not only strays from the text of the Fourteenth Amendment, in, in my view, if it engages with it at all, uh, but it potentially creates uh, the opportunity for future courts to invent rights out of thin air, and not just negative rights either. Aaron What do
0: you view as uh, for libertarians and conservatives? What do you view as the next big success uh, that if uh, conservatives and Republicans were willing to take it up, what do you think would be the most lasting and uh, valuable success that they could have politically?
1: Aaron What do I think is realistic or what do I think we should be fighting for? Aaron Both. Well, I think we've made a lot of ground up locally. Uh, Right to work is, of course, controversial among libertarians because it is interfering with contract. I don't particularly mind it because I look at the uh, Taft-Hartley rules and I look at the National Labor Relations Act and I see a huge uh, example of, of governmental interference that is being scaled back from within. Were we to have a perfectly free market, right to work would, of course, be... Uh, unconscionable. But we don't. Uh, and we now have, I think, 26 states that have scaled back some of the excesses uh, of the of the New Deal and the Truman era. So uh, if that continues, as it looks as if it may do, that's going to make a lot of difference. It's going to make a lot of difference, not just in the lives of people who are forced to pay dues to the unions, uh, but it's going to make a political difference too, because it is, in a sense, uh, a way of forcing speech. Uh, going forward at the federal level, I think it's going to be extremely tough. The country is divided. Uh, American politics tends to favor the status quo, which in times of prosperity is good for conservatives because a government can't come in and do what it can do in, say, England and just sweepingly change everything. Uh, But in times such as this, when you have a tax code that needs reforming, you have a healthcare law that is a mistake, uh, you're you're going to struggle uh, to overturn those. To be honest with you, I think in the immediate term, I just see stasis. I see perhaps 10 years of very little being done on anything. Where I am hopeful, and I make this case in my book, is that the pressure from below, in part because of that stasis, will change the way that people think. That the marijuana advocates in Colorado and in Washington State and now in Oregon will be Uh, vexed by the idea uh, that their success, uh, that their liberty is contingent upon how Loretta Lynch feels tomorrow morning uh, or on how uh, the next president of the United States views the question. If it is Ted Cruz uh, you may see some pullback, if it is Chris Christie you will see enforcement. Uh, Likewise I think it is encouraging that in many Republican states uh, national political figures Uh, are required to uh, promise they are against the expansion of Medicaid before they can get through a primary. Uh, I don't know what every one of these future examples will be, but I think the more that the government is locked and the more that its existing uh, overbearing power is felt, uh, the more opportunities there will be, either for reform at the state level uh, or for an expansion of the Federalist idea.
0: Charles Cook is author of The Conservatarian Manifesto. He's also a writer at National Review. You can watch a book forum at our website. You can watch a forum for the book at our website, cato.org.